Welcome to the Open Door Policy Podcast. In each episode, we speak with all types of joyful missionary disciples who are unleashing the gospel in different and exciting ways. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and share our podcast with your family and your friends. In this episode, we sit down with Colleen Prestwich. She's an author, a mother of three, and a caretaker of a 96-year-old. Colleen, welcome to the Open Door Policy Studio. Thanks for having me. Good to have you here. Hey, Danielle. What, hey, uh, you got any grace God's been working in your life recently? Um, This one, I was just thinking of when I was driving to church on Sunday, and I was thinking about um, my friends who work uh, in mission in places where people don't have access to liturgy, don't have access to sacraments. I had another friend who was who is uh, traveling and just couldn't get to Mass. And I was just really touched by the really incredible grace that I get to go to Mass on Sundays and other days, too. But Sundays are a great day. What about you? It's great. There's a young person who is not Catholic who uh, has been just asking to talk with me about the Catholic faith. And I was just thinking I met with this person over the weekend, and I thought how beautiful it is to share the gospel with someone who uh, it's a new reality for them in their life. And to see the gospel as something new through their eyes uh, awakens and stirs up my faith. So that's pretty awesome. Oh, that sounds really great. Okay. So what, Colleen, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm well. All right. Well, what we'll do now is um, a little bit of rapid fire questions. Are you ready for that? I'm ready. All right. Question number one, what is your superpower? Managing to take care of four human beings all the time and my husband <laughs> and keeping track of all their stuff. Yeah. What do you remember about church from when you were a kid? Um, I remember the wooden beams of our parish. What was the last live performance that you saw? Dave Matthews. Dave Matthews was the last hey, live performance. Hey, favorite. <laughs> it's not my favorite, but I like DMB. We had box seats. It was fabulous. That's cool. Which scent elicits an instant memory? Lavender. What would you prefer? A hundred degrees or negative ten degrees? A hundred degrees. <laughs> Get out of here. All right, Kelly. What have you been praying for these days? Um, mostly for the grace. Um, to get through this season. Um, My husband's a first-year resident, um, so, you know, he's working between 80 and 100 hours a week. Um, So just kind of for the grace for us to communicate well and um, kind of remember that we're on the same team when we don't see each other. Yeah. What is the first concert you went to? Matchbox 20. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the most beautiful church you've ever visited? Sacre Cor. Sacre Cor Basilica in Paris is a Catholic church dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. What item of clothing would someone be surprised to find in your closet? I have a gold jacket. <laughs> <laughs> and what class could you teach? All of them. <laughs> wow. All of them. The one on humility? <laughs> no, I was a teacher. So oh, okay. elementary, so you teach all of them. Yeah. That's great. That's mm-hmm. true. And that Montessori teacher, right? Yep. So what about lavender elicits the memory? So there was lavender in this like sleepy time balm that my mom used to give us when we were sick and rub it on our temples. Yeah. So it's just a really soothing, you know, mom memory. Could you sing a little Matchbox 20 for us? Or? No. 
<laughs> so who are these four humans that you're caring for? So I have three kids. Mm-hmm. Um, Gianna is four and a half. William is three. Charlotte's 18 months. And my grandma, Mary, is 96 years old. She's about to turn 97, and uh, she lives with us. And, so. and I think that it's important for the listeners to know that that's not the children's grandmother. That's my your grandmother. grandmother. Your, yes. your mother and your children's grandmother is a different person. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Sacre Coeur in yes. Paris? Yeah. When did you go there? Uh, when I was in college, I had the opportunity to study art history in France, which was amazing. Wow. Um, and so we had three weeks um, in Paris, and you know we went to some museums in the morning, and then we just kind of had the day. And so my college roommate and I just visited all of these churches together. And and Sacre Coeur was the best. Yeah, because they have adoration yeah. all the time, and it's so prayerful. And I think it's one of the few churches that we saw that were um, not so much tourist attractions mm-hmm. as much as prayer space. That makes a difference. Have you Mm -hmm. been there? I've never, I was going to say I've never been to France, but I actually went to Lourdes this summer. So I've never been to Paris though. So what's the church like? Um, So it sits up on this hill and it's just this stunning, I don't know. It's It's like 19th century, right? Yeah. And they had continuous adoration. Uh, I was ordained a couple of years, and I went to Rome for a friend of mine's ordination in Rome, and we drove from Rome up to Paris mm-hmm. and had mass at Sacre-Cœur. How long does Cour. that take? That's amazing. I, that was like 10, 11 hours. Nice. But it, it was a lot of fun. But it's, I remember Sacre-Cœur being just beautiful. What's the story behind this gold jacket? Yeah, we got to get to that. Uh, the gold jacket is a hand-me-down from my aunt <laughs> who... Gives me all of her old clothes, and they're spectacular. Is it like shiny like gold? It is shiny. Okay. It is. It's kind of glittery. Wow. When was the last time you wore it? A long time ago. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe for a Halloween costume. Uh, for a wedding. Oh, I think nice. I wore it to a wedding. Yeah. Dude, okay. flash. It's awesome. I would think your kids would love to see that too, right? Just all the kind of it's not style yeah. of it. My daughter likes it. Yeah. Though I have a puffy dress that she likes more, so... Get it done. Well, thanks, Colleen. You're welcome. Okay, so Colleen is a friend of mine. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun, like, meeting her. Here. <laughs> yeah, so Colleen, this is, I think the story of how we met is, is interesting, so I'll tell the listeners, is... Um, Sometimes people just message me on Facebook and they're like, hey, do you want to hang out? Which is totally cool and I'm always down for it. So I got a message from a girl who was like, hey, do you want to hang out? I'm like, yeah, that's totally chill. So we hung out and Colleen had just moved here. I want to say from Georgia. Yep. Just moved to Michigan from Georgia. And I'm like, so what brings you here? And she's like, I don't know. Honestly, I think that God brought me here. And we were like on a walk. And I'm like, that's cool. Maybe you'll meet your husband here. (laughs) And sure enough... She did, and I stood in her wedding, and that was six six years six ago. Six years how, ago. How did you meet your husband here? Well, so <laughs> da- <laughs> Danielle and I were volunteering selling sodas. Here in Michigan, the correct terminology is pop. Selling pop. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Mark, my husband, showed up. Because he was interested in Danielle at the time. Oh. It's funny how the Holy Spirit works. <laughs> yeah. Because we're still friends. Yes. But And I stood in their wedding. We're all he in did great Everything's terms. cool. Yeah. That so, is yeah. awesome. And that's like, you know, thanks be to God, the gift of holiness is that we still have like a great friendship. So anyway, let's talk a little bit about your, what's been going on lately? Because now you're, you are a mom. Mm-hmm. You got the kiddos. What's God been doing in your life? 
Well, so I think, you know, he's been doing a lot of little things um, lately. I've found that this season of life is kind of a lot of quiet moments with him and a lot of small drawing me closer and closer. Um, So, you know, I don't get like a ton of totally uninterrupted prayer time, Mm -hmm. right? Um, As a mom, you know, I pray morning prayer and my kids are kind of in and out and Mm -hmm. jumping up and down and... um, but it's a, I'm noticing more things in scripture and different things in scripture because they're right there. Um, so the other morning I was praying morning prayer and one of the lines was, um, bless the work of my hands. And at that moment, Charlotte, who's 18 months old, kind of toddled over with a book that she wanted being read and climbed up and like tossed my Magnificat off, (laughs) (laughs) you know, in the very insistent way that toddlers do. Um, And it was really just a moment of, okay, like bless the work of my hands, Lord, Mm -hmm. that like these souls are the work of my hands right now and how incredible that is and what a weighty responsibility and so. that that looks like reading uh, her a right? book and right that now looks, right yeah and that looks like you know um being interrupted by the things that i think i want to accomplish in a day or think i'm supposed to yeah and you know it looks like being present you know it being present to grandma mm-hmm. you know when she wants to talk or being present to you know reading the same story a thousand times so do you feel like you understand God in a different way through your motherhood? Yes. How is that? Um, well, I think I understand how he can be so patient hmm. <laughs> with us and how, you know, sometimes he must just look at me like, again, you know, yeah. and and yet with love and yet with that, like, gentle way that, you know, even though my kids drive me crazy, like, they're so endearing. Mm-hmm. And is it, I mean, I guess it's probably fun, too, to watch them grow in their faith. It's amazing to watch it. Yeah. Just to watch our kids learn about the saints or find Mary. And, yeah. you know, they love their favorite thing about, um, I'm not going to say, well, not their favorite thing about Mass. But, <laughs> um, you know, at the end of Mass, they run outside and they go to the Mary Grotto at our church and they talk to her. And they tell her about their day and they, you know, ask her to pray for them and they tell her that they love her. And it's just so genuine and heartfelt and adorable. So it teaches us a little bit how to be disciples as well. When Jesus says, unless you become like a little Mm -hmm. child, right? right? You're like, okay, this is how excited I should be to pray (laughs) or how trusting in God I should be as well. Exactly. So. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Um, And you have a devotion to the Blessed Mother as well. I do. They probably it's a come very from that too. It's a very special thing to get to mm-hmm. share um, with them, especially our eldest Gianna kind of took to Mary really early, and that's just an, like an amazing, innate gift in her. Yeah. Um, and so she just wants to know and wants to learn and wants to talk about Mary and, you know, look at pictures and hear all the stories. So what drew you to your Marian consecration? Oh, I think, honestly, when I first completed the Marian consecration, I was praying with a prayer, a prayer group. There were four of us. And every time we'd get together to pray, we'd just keep getting these Marian images. Hmm. And so we kind of were like, okay, well, we should probably do something to honor Our Lady. It seems like she's showing up a lot. And our campus minister, I was in college, um, suggested 
a Marian consecration. And honestly, none of us really knew what we were getting ourselves into. Dude, ain't that the <laughs> truth with Marian consecration, though? Right? Like, I don't think you can know. No, especially, like, you know, St. Louis de Montfort's version mm-hmm. is it's hardcore, and that so, text is intense. So give us, a, like, a, a real quick rundown on what a Marian consecration is. So a Marian consecration is when you put your whole life into Our Lady's hands. Um, life, your, death, and eternity. And, and eternity. You know, you're putting all of the good works that you've stored up for yourself in heaven, all of your past deeds, all of your future deeds, all of your prayers, and you're putting it in her hands and trusting that she's going to take those prayers and multiply them and direct them in a better way than you can. Um, so, you know, St. Louis would say, like, to Jesus through Mary. You know, it's like um, if you, we have a children's book called Take It to the Queen. <laughs> um, and it's this lovely story about Marian intercession and the idea that, like, you know, as a farmer, um, you could bring your crops to the king, but they'd probably be in a basket and they'd probably be a little dirty. And, you know, yeah. but the queen, the queen can take those and she can arrange them on a beautiful gold platter and she can make them so much more pleasing because they come from her. So that's Marian consecration. And what does the consecration look like? Is it, uh, so I'm asking about... Yeah, the like, preparation. Yeah, preparation <laughs> and then actually doing it. So traditionally, um, there's a 33-day preparation period, and there's a few different models for it now. Um, St. Louis is um, a 12-day of kind of, um, a 12-day like pre-prep where you're really like, purifying yourself. Um, And then there's a period where you're focusing on knowledge of self, um, focusing on knowledge of Mary and focusing on knowledge of Christ. So the idea is is that you're spending these 33 days coming to understand what you're doing um, and diving deeper and deeper with the Lord. Um, And at the end of those 33 days, you end usually on a big Marian feast day. So mine's the Immaculate Conception, December 8th. Um, and you go to Mass and you pray these prayers of consecration at the end of Mass after receiving communion. Um, and then every year you renew that consecration and kind of take yourself back to that place. So, St. Louis de Montfort talks about uh, an option as well when you're done is to wear a sign Mm-hmm. of your consecration. And so yes. I know when I made my consecration and when a n- number of seminarians and priests did, one of the signs is to wear a chain around your wrist. I so, see yours. Yeah. So I got this cool little, you know, cheapo um, hardware store chain that's How did on you, my wrist. How to you? So uh, like with a pair of pliers. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like so it doesn't come it off. Okay. No, yeah. it doesn't come off. Um, and so I have that from when I made my Marian consecration. I have a necklace. Um, the chains from yeah. uh, the chain is from my grandmother, and then I have a miraculous medal from the chapel in Paris ah. from oh. that same time. But unfortunately, with a toddler, they yank <laughs> it. Um, so I do have a chewable miraculous medal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for different elements and seasons. What's, what what feast day do you lead up to, Father Steve? The best one. Okay. The feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Hey. Hey. 
Yeah. So I'm just a few that's days amazing. behind you. Yeah, that's, oh man, that and is you, really cool. And you've done Marian Consecration? Yeah, so I was introduced to it through the Maximilian Colby method. God mm-hmm. bless him. Such a good, he's your patron saint, eh? He's my confirmation yeah, yeah. saint. Yeah, and he was like, he was kind of like, okay, 33 days is too long. Let's just have people pray a prayer <laughs> at mass. Done. And so that's how I, <laughs> I like, like love it. So that's how I got introduced to it. But then I make my, um, I make my longer consecration every year leading up to August 15th, which is also special because Maximilian Colby, as you know, he, um, he was killed on August 14th. And so it's kind of like two, yeah. two cool feast days, back to back, back to back feast days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Colleen, I know you're writing a book right now mm-hmm. on yes. Marian consecration. Yeah. Uh, what has writing a book done for your kind of devotion, right? Because that's a lot of time and effort on a small subject or a particular subject, doing a lot of research or thinking about it. How has that helped you? Well, so it's actually been pretty incredible. Um, Last year, um, I wanted to share my Mary and consecration and my love of Mary with our daughter. So I went hunting for some resource for young children and realized that there wasn't any. Um, and my husband, who is super supportive, said, well, you can write, write one. Um, so I sat down and started writing for our daughter. Just what would I want her to know about Mary? Yeah. Um, and how do we want to introduce her to that? Um, so it's been an incredible experience, actually, of just trying to kind of distill faith at a level for a child to understand. Um, and then... As I was writing, I kind of kept getting pokes by the Holy Spirit that, like, this is supposed to be more than just for your daughter. <laughs> and um, so was able to kind of work with a series of test families and um, get feedback on what their children responded to and what questions mm-hmm. they had. And it sort of blossomed into um, providing help for parents who want to talk to their children about faith. Um, I don't think that always comes naturally, Mm -hmm. you know, as a teacher, I think I'm more used to talking to kids. Right. Um, so yeah, so this book just sort of poured out, you know, with the grace of the Holy spirit and out of love of our sweet little Gianna, um, and through a series of wonderfully, you know, God moments. Um, our Sunday visitor is going to publish it next summer. Wonderful. Well, I think another thing too, thanks be to God. I mean, maybe parents who didn't grow up with a faith expression, like I, right? I have friends who, you know, converted as adults, really, really cool, but they don't have the experience that I had, or you had father Steve of right. like being a child with the faith and just like, like the precious, sweet little things that are like fun about being Catholic when you're little, right? right? Like, did you guys do St. Lucia Day? Like the candles on the head? You know what I mean? There's so many cool things. So I grew up in a family that didn't practice. Mm-hmm. So really, you know, a lot of where my heart is is for those exact yeah. parents. That's beautiful. Thanks, Colleen. You're welcome. So, Colleen, tell me what it means for you to be a joyful missionary disciple. So for me, in this stage of life, I think it means um, having a home that is warm and welcoming, even if it's chaotic and messy. Um, It means being present and loving um, 
with Graham, even when I've heard, you know, my grandmother has dementia. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes, you know, she, it's very repetitive and the stories happen over and over. Mm-hmm. And it means being just as present time number 30 as you have been time number was one through 29. Um, and I think especially, I think a lot about um, Greg and Lisa Popcheck mm-hmm. um, are some authors and they wrote in one of their parenting books that in order to um, kind of convince our children that this faith matters and that as they grow up, that our homes need to be more joyful and more full of life and more full of hope and more full of grace than all the other homes that they see, you know, because mm-hmm. as they get older, they go to other people's houses and the kids have friends and and that your home should be that a place where you are joyful missionary disciples right in your house. Um, yeah. So as a mom, mm-hmm. your mission field is your kids yep. and your grandma, you're yeah. saying now, right? That, exactly. That this is the people the Lord has called you to yeah. be a missionary to exactly. and to do it with the joy, even when it's the 30th time or exactly. uh, even when you don't feel it kind of uh, exactly. externally. And that's one of the reasons why I love, you know, St. Therese as the patroness of missions, right? Because she never left the convent. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's, you can be a missionary without going overseas. Um, and sometimes it's easier to say, I'm going to love those people over there. I'm going to go be a missionary over there, mm-hmm. even, you know, in our mind or even to want to do that oh, instead yeah. of like, okay, the Lord has put these people who mm-hmm. I really love in my life, but I need to sacrifice and yeah. lay down my life for them day by day, hour by hour. Maybe this is taking the con one like a slightly different direction, but I'm going to go for it. So I went to a talk eh, last January and there was a girl, a uh, young woman speaking really, she did a really good job. But one thing that she said that really struck me and Julia, who was on the conference with me, is she said, um, like, my costly obedience is your costly obedience. And she was just talking about, like, the call that she had had um, mm-hmm. as as a young woman and, uh, like, the specific God's ways God had called her. And she was like, and it's hard for me, so I need the church around me. So, like, as a young, as a mom of young mm-hmm. children, like, what what do you find is, like, help? Like, how, does, how can the church support your vocation, right? How can your friends, how can I support your vocation? You know, when, when someone sees your little family at mass, like, what what are the things that support you? Well, so um, we happen to have a phenomenal parish for welcoming children. You don't, um, you don't get scowled at if one of them misbehaves? We never get scowled at. Um, we get only smiles, um, and they're so sincere. Um, last July, so my husband was in Georgia for a month on a rotation, so it was just me and the kids and grandma at Mass. Um, and one of the masses, William, who was, you know, two and a little crazy, um, <laughs> was going a little nutty um, during mass. And thankfully, um, our deacon's wife happened to be sitting nearby and she just slid on over and pulled him into her lap and loved on him. Yeah. You know, so that's that's support right there. That's like what a parish should be. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Where there right? are people who can help you. When you need it, your husband's away, you got your hands full and then some. Exactly. No, I can step in here and help. Mm -hmm. You know what? And Colleen is like super, you're super involved in your parish too, because they're also the NFP teachers at the parish. True story. We are. Just the parishers at the vicariate. The parish. So we're a certified teaching couple with the Couple to Couple League. 
and we do the NFP at our parish. Yeah, when I heard you were coming on, when Danielle asked you, I said, it's a bit of a celebrity. I've heard so much about Colleen. I can't wait to have this conversation with her. How do you think God is calling you right now? Like, in what ways are you sensing the Holy Spirit in your life? Oh, I think so a lot of it for me with this book, um, he's kind of calling me outside of my comfort zone Hmm. um, and calling me... um, you know, into having to learn about, you know, search engine optimization and Mm. building an author (laughs) platform Mm -hmm. and all of these things that I have no idea about. Um, And it's definitely like a walk of trust. Yeah. (laughs) And kind of humbling, right? Oh, totally. I mean, when you go into an area, you're like, I don't know anything about this and I have to learn. Yeah. Like I am starting over and I have to ask really elementary questions. Oh, yeah. And it's wonderful, though. Like yeah. I, yeah, it's fun. it's a lot of fun to learn, but it's definitely I feel a little in over my head a lot of the time. <laughs> Is there any saint that you really look to as your like inspiration, like in these particular times? Um, I always, I love Saint Teresa of Avila. She was just so darn feisty. She was. <laughs> um, she got like locked away what? for a while, right? Yeah. Wait, tell me more. Tell me everything. She did, I think. Um, she was She was um, interviewed by the Inquisition several times. Really? Yeah. But, but she was a Carmelite nun mm-hmm. and a time In when... Spain, when, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. At a time when there was a lot of laxity among the order, Mm -hmm. and she was even part of that, and then had this profound experience of God, desire for kind of the the order to be refounded in a more intense and um, just purer way. Mm -hmm. And there were some sisters who didn't like her (laughs) her reforms. So they're like, hey, why don't you uh, spend a few months in a in a closet over there? No way. Yeah. Okay. No, I believe. Yeah, that. I don't remember I the time because I, like, or whatever. Know the but stories yeah. of the saints, but when I hear them, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's just she was just amazing, and her willingness to, yeah, try new, like try new things, right, and yeah. to step into a space that she wasn't expecting, and to lead an order that she wasn't expecting. Hmm. I mean, after that point, she spent her life traveling through Spain, you know, starting convents and learning about how do you purchase land and how do you handle the accounting and how, you know, all of these So all the stuff that you're talking about. Right, exactly. So I love her. Do you have a specific (laughs) quote of hers? I don't know enough about her to... Um, The only one I know is she like fell out of a carriage and she said to God, if this is how you treat treat your your friends, friends, it's no wonder you have so few. And I just Mm -hmm. think that's really funny. (laughs) So feisty. That's the feistiness. Yeah, that is the feistiness. Um, I don't have a favorite quote, but I do have a favorite statue. Where is it? Of her. It's in Rome. Oh, okay. There's a statue of St. Teresa in Ecstasy by Bernini. And it's just oh, yeah. this amazing. Oh, I remember studying that. It was scandalous when it when it came out. It is scandalous. It's just spectacular. You know, it's her passionately in love in prayer. So you know, the saints are such great models for us because they dealt with challenges. Mm-hmm. Like the church has challenges now that yeah. you yeah. don't have to look far at all <laughs> to see challenges, whether it's. You know, lukewarmness, um, challenges with with the amount of people who who are either coming or who are you know we we would call mm-hmm. maybe joyful missionary disciples. Um, and in addition to all like the bad, um, evil, scandalous uh, actions that have been done, um, it's just a reminder to me the saints are that like the church has been down this road before. The bride mm-hmm. of Christ is strong enough. 
Um, so it's consoling yeah. in one way, but they're also like an impetus of God didn't just right. like come with fire and brimstone from heaven. Like God worked with the people who were there mm-hmm. in the time yeah. who were willing to be his cooperators. And so like the story of Teresa of Avila to me is the story that God wants to raise up a generation of saints here and now. And he wants us to be a part of that. Colleen, you and yeah. your in your world, in your family, and I feel like mm-hmm. I'm preaching now, so I'll, I'll pull back for a minute. But like, like okay. you and your world, Danielle, yeah. like where he has you, and I think me as a priest, he's calling us to greater holiness and greater um, docility to what he wants to do in us and through us. I, I mm-hmm. think another thing that's cool about St. Teresa of Avila is wasn't she friends with St. John of the Cross, too, who also... Yeah went through his own hardships within his order. And weren't th- were they also with Ignatius of Loyola? Was that a different time? Um, it C? was. Come on, pull this out. I know you can do this. Yeah, well, Teresa did kind of pull John into her, mm. um, you know. Even, yeah. Like convince into, him to yeah, help with the reformation Yeah, she convinced him and she kind of pulled him along. and Which I think is so cool because I, I think that if you look back at that era, they're kind of, well, not just at that era, just as the church as a whole, those are like two powerhouse saints and they were friends. So I think that's really cute. I have, yeah. So that means <laughs> saints uh, should be friends with saints other saints. Saints are friends with saints. And, yeah. and they like most, that, most of them are. Yeah. If you look... But, they but that, all... that speaks to community, too, oh, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like you talk about the deacon's wife here at St. Paul yes. in Gross Point. The deacon's yep. wife kind of stepping into your life and helping you out there. Yes. That, like, saints need saints in their lives, right? We don't come to God alone. We come to him as a community, and we need people who are going to challenge us and mm-hmm. people who are going to encourage us and Thanks walk with us. Thanks be to God. I do. I know I do. It makes a huge difference. And it makes a difference to have someone like Colleen in my life. She <laughs> has uh, also the gifts of intercessory prayer. So I know that that's always been good. I have a question for both of you. And so I don't know. Bring, bring it so on, I Danielle. You guys, <laughs> I am ready for your question. Well, my question is, um, what are you guys seeing in the church right now that brings you, I'll say one of two, and then what brings you hope right now in looking at the church and what brings you joy right now in looking at the church? Go ahead, Colleen. Um, so I think for me, you know, going back to Saint, being at St. Paul's, um, what brings me hope is that um, our masses are packed hmm. with young families um, who really, like, who are there and who know that mass is worth it. Mm-hmm. And getting kids to mass is no easy feat, you know? It's there yeah. are days where it would be so much easier to just like roll over and give in. Um, but it matters enough that they are there every single Sunday, you know, and that that brings me hope. Yeah. Uh, lots of things bring me hope in the church right now. Um, I, I think just the idea that uh, I think we're in a challenging time right now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a saying about it, it being darkest before the dawn that can be kind of cliche, but I, I think it's true. Um, you know, my, my hope is ultimately that, that Jesus is in charge here and he's more powerful than us and that he can work through our brokenness. And so mm-hmm. what, one of the things that brings me a ton of hope is just seeing all the people who sit in your chair there, Colleen, <laughs> that we get to talk yeah. to who are like in all the different areas of their life, striving to be faithful to Christ and his church 
And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful witness for for me, and I, I think Danielle, and, and, really and hopefully our listeners too, right? Mm. Like there are so many saints out there who just live really, really hidden lives. So yeah. that's really what, beautiful. What brings you hope, Danielle? Um, golly, I um, it's like I mean a lot of things. Thanks be to God. I think that one of them that I'm really thinking about is. Well, first of all, you say, "Oh, these are dark times," but I'm like, eh, "Are they always though?" You know what I mean? And I, but one thing, I, I like a little bit sense that too. And I love seeing when it's dark out. You can see the stars, and I love seeing people who hmm. are just shining really bright in the midst of darkness. I can think of, you know, thanks be to God, I can think of a lot of people in my life who are just really, really solid people in the midst of darkness, and that. And like they bring a lot of joy, they bring a lot of hope. I love listening to them dream with God, like through prayer, trying to see what God's dreaming about. Mm -hmm. Just like you, you know, like what is the dream for your family? What's the dream for your daughter? Assuredly, it's the best. So Mm -hmm. here's the best you have to offer. Like the best thing that you have, you know, are, are Jesus and then this consecration that helps you get closer to Jesus. And here it is for you as a baby. So like as a, as a young, young girl. So all of those things give me hope. And what about joy, friends? Joy. Joy. What brings me joy? Um, Especially you know, in these long days, you know? Honestly, you know, this morning, um, <laughs> Charlotte and William were pretty hardcore wrestling. Um, and she just <laughs> loves, she loves tackling him. And just watching, <laughs> you know, just watching them play together yeah. and love each other and be kind of crazy. That brings me joy. Hmm. The human element. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's lots of human things uh, that bring me joy, and that that what you're saying, Colleen, reminds me of like just a wonderful like band of nieces and nephews I have, oh, yeah. and, and and seeing the joy they bring. The one thing I'll I'll just mention as a life of a priest, one of the things that brings me a ton of joy is um, seeing people who really are hungry for the gospel, mm-hmm. and seeing that at mass and the privileged way I get to be a part of the way they come to know Jesus. I feel just really joyful and grateful to the Lord for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thanks be to God. Danielle, um, is, is Joy your middle name? <laughs> <laughs> it is. It yeah. is. That's, that's, a, that's a real thing. Um, <laughs> like, so that's, it's a funny is thing. Is that why you asked people, it? So no, like, no, 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 no. But the thing is, it sounds like a joke. Like, you know, people say like, oh, danger is my middle name, but it's like legit on my birth certificate. So um, I think... Like, I hear you guys with the nieces and nephews. My niece sent me, like, her mom sent me a video message today. She's like, hey, Danielle, Aunt Danielle, I wanted to show you this thing. And she's like, I don't know, like, climbing a window? Like, I don't even know what she's doing. I love her. (laughs) She's so funny. And then she's like, I'll see you later. And then she, like, threw me all these kisses. So that, it's just, like, so delightful to watch, like, little little kids grow and develop. Mm -hmm. I just love it. So that's bringing me joy. But also, I, I mean, like, Thanks be to God. Um, I, I've been seeing God work in my life, you know, like in, like you're saying, like in small ways and like mm-hmm. ways where I, I know he, he cares about me. I know he loves me. So um, hashtag, how can I keep from singing? <laughs> to, <laughs> to reference the old shaker hymn. So anyway, Colleen, before we leave, we sometimes, well, we always ask, we always ask our guests to share a word or a phrase. So this is for the, like the listeners straight from your heart to their heart. What would you like to tell anyone listening today? I think I, I would just love to say, you know, that you are known and that you are loved. Amen. Amen.
was great sitting down with Colleen Presbridge, a fellow Matchbox 20 fan and uh, a mother, a caretaker, an author, and just an all-around joyful missionary disciple. And once again, before we say goodbye, if you liked this episode, please share it with your friends, your neighbors, your relatives, your Trader Joe cashier. You can also leave us a review on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our handle is at Open Door Detroit. Help us unleash the gospel. Open Door Policy was produced by Ron Pangborn and the creative team of the Archdiocese of Detroit. No more acronyms. <laughs> Stop it. I'm Father Steve Polis with Danielle Center. And this has been another episode of Open Door Policy. 